Welcome to Chit Chat with Hope. Good night, good night, good night. Tonight, I am going to chat with you about the comfort zone. Okay? The comfort zone. That place where we feel safe, that place where, because we feel safe, at times we might not push our children to leave that particular place. And when I say that particular place, you know, for some of us, it's very upsetting if our children don't like to come out of their, you know, their own little comfort zone, all right? And we're... As parents and caregivers, at times we can get so caught up in things remaining familiar that we don't embrace anything else outside of that box, which is not the ideal thing to do. Because regardless of whatever level your child may be or may not be, they have to be a little something that you can shake it up a little bit and change or add to, right? If it means that you're going to teach your baby how or your child how to just place both hands on their bottle while they drink their bottle and you're, you're the one that's always holding that bottle, it's time to come out of that comfort zone. Believe me, it is very hard sometimes to see our children struggle, but it's such a beautiful feelings to know or to see or to hear someone say, you know, that's a big change, whether it's their pediatrician or their teacher, whatever, it doesn't matter. But when we allow our children to even do the simplest things out of their comfort zone, right, what happens is it lessens our work. Because, look, if a child now holds their bottle, right, you got to excuse the noise. They're still celebrating 4th of July. (laughs) So um, I'll continue. Um, if a child, you know, start practicing holding their bottle and eventually they get it where they can hold on to this bottle, that will give you as a parent or caregiver a break to where maybe now you can also have breakfast or lunch or dinner while this child drinks from their bottle. So, you know, we're going to, I'm hoping that this summer, that everyone tried to come a little bit out of their comfort zone, right? Because this is what I do every year, right? This is what I do every year. Every year, I find at least two or three things to do with my son that we can move away a little bit from where he is and see how far we can push to see where he could be. Right? That almost like, okay, because when we go back to school in September, you know, we're basically going to be doing things that, you know, the school wants you to do, what you need to do. But I figure that being that we are home for the summer, we can get out of our comfort zone and learn new things 
to carry over may be in school. And if it doesn't get carried over in school, it will get carried over in real life, right? So that's what I want to talk to you about. I know for, you know, the comfort zone is a place where you find safety, right? It's the, you know, it's the unknown at times that we're like very concerned or worried about. So, you know, the comfort zone, it's a psychological state in which as parents, caregivers, we are okay with our children being happy, which there's no problem about that. Every parent wants their child to be happy, right? And it's, it's very familiar. We're okay with the familiar. But being that life is as it is, which means that we as parents or caregivers, we're not going to be here forever, okay? We are not going to live on this place called Earth forever. We might not even live long enough to finish doing what we need or would like to do with our kids. So, I mean, I figure that every summer, you know, a lot of parents keep saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to start doing. I don't know where to go. You know, all these different things. Comfort zone. Now that school is out, and the kids are home, or maybe your one child is home, or maybe you might have someone that can help you out. Maybe if your child was afraid of the slide in the park, maybe this might be a great idea to maybe visit the park at 8 o'clock in the morning when most likely there might be another parent like you or there might be no one in the park or at least in that particular area that you might want to be at. Maybe now you can teach your child that it's okay to climb those few steps and to slide. Maybe it's a good idea to teach your children how to swing, how to swing their legs and actually need you less to push them in the back. Or maybe they're afraid to sit on the chair, or maybe you... The seat. Maybe you might want to move them from the baby swing to the, you know, to the the other side swing. But whatever the case is, maybe it's just time to come out of our comfort zone. Instead of saying, you know, well, I'm going to take my child to the park. My child is upset. Okay, rightfully so. Maybe the park is too much. Maybe it's too many children. Maybe it's a lot. Maybe it's a lot. Maybe it's a lot. However, if your child is fearful or not familiar with a lot of the equipment as far as touching. They don't have to go touching, getting close to it. Maybe the summertime is the perfect time because you can go, or if you're not a working mom, you can go early in the morning and that child can get a chance to become familiar with some of the gadgets, the swings, the slide, the seesaw, all the different things that are there that the child probably wouldn't have normally want to be a part of because they're kids and it's noise and it's just too much. It's an overload of sensory going on all over the place. Maybe the perfect time to come out, help this child to come out of their comfort zone of not wanting to go to the park, not wanting to leave the house. Maybe you can just get 
two bottles of water, two bottles of juice, whatever you need, and just go in the park real early in the morning and walk through the park. Let that child run. Let that child feel the swing. Let that child feel a breeze. Let that child become familiar with the different things that they didn't want to be bothered with, okay? The unfamiliar, right? The comfort zone of bathing your children every night or bathing your child every night because, you know, it's easier to do it. Your child won't know what to do. You're just going to get it over with. The bathroom might be wet. You know, this is not going to done right. That's the comfort zone of knowing that you are going to shower this child and you're going to do a good job. But you can put extra towel on the floor. Put a plastic bag, a garbage bag, or whatever. Cut it. Get a scissors. Cut it. Put it on the floor. Put some towels on top of it. Let that child put your little shorts and a little top on. Get in that tub with your child. And you know what? Teach them how to take a shower. Teach them how to take a shower. It's not a problem. Let them bathe themselves by you reminding them of the areas they need to bathe, you know, wash properly. And guess what? After they're finished doing that, you're going to compliment them. You're going to motivate them. You're going to encourage them. And then you're going to say, you know what it is? Let me, let me now help you, right? You did a good job. But let me now do the finishing touch. And from there... You're moving away from it being so familiar for you to be doing everything, and now this child is doing something. Even if the child only washes their face, washes their hands, it doesn't matter. At least now this child is doing something. So I want you to know there's something that every child can improve on. The child is in a walker. Maybe it's a great time. For the child not only to use the walker in the home, in the backyard, in the apartment, in the house, what have you, maybe it's time for that child to now use the walker in the park. You know what I mean? Maybe it's time for, you know, depends on where you live, maybe it's time now for the child to use the walker in the store with you instead of the stroller. You can have the stroller as a backup in the car or what have you. But maybe it's time now for the child to use the walker if you want to just go into the store quickly and pick something up. Maybe it's time for the child to learn to walk and get their little practice with the walker. I'm not saying run to the mall where it's crowded and, you know, all of that. But, you know, they have stores where you can go and at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, there won't be anyone. You know, your regular supermarket where... You know, school is out, people are working. There might be a few people in there, but it won't be that much that your child wouldn't be able to maneuver the walker if you're just going to pick up one thing, maybe milk or something like that, you know? So you'll get out of the comfort zone where, you know, where you normally would take the stroller everywhere. And maybe on Mondays and Thursdays or however you want to put it, maybe you're going to use the walker for the, the child to go with you to the mailbox and back. You know, so the comfort zone, let's learn to leave that little area alone in the summer and let's try to bring a little bit 
of ourselves outside of the box, right? If your child is a teenager, excuse me, if your child is a teenager, the comfort zone might just be where you not only want them to come out of the comfort zone itself, but you want them to work on something that they might have been working at in school, you know, something that they're working on in school. Maybe that might be something you want to do, you know? If your child had a problem with um, zipper as far as putting the jacket on but wasn't able to zip up, maybe now is the time for you to start doing zippers, you know? Unzip, zip. Buttons, you know, all these different things, you know, we can work on. You know, because as our children get older, if they can, whatever they can do for themselves is called independence. It doesn't matter how much they can do or how little you might think they're doing, but whatever it is, let's try to build it up. You know what I mean? Let's try to build it up. So maybe for some of you, like myself, I'm working on other things with my son. Maybe for some of us, maybe we can teach our children to go up and down the ramp. If they're in a wheelchair, go up and down a ramp safely. Because if they're in a wheelchair and that's going to be part of them, they might need to understand how to go up and down a ramp safely. So you see what I'm trying to say? There's always something fabulous to work on outside of our comfort zone. Because just imagine if a child actually get over the fear of the chair might be going faster if it's going down the ramp and you're going to teach that child to hold the brakes or just learn to go with the speed and learn how to feel going that fast, but understanding that they have also control of going safely down the ramp. So there's always something to learn. Instead of you always pushing the ramp, I mean, I understand there's some kids that, you know, for motor skills, you know, muscle strength, the whole idea that as parents we have to, we are the arms and legs and everything for these children. I'm talking about, the children, that it's a possibility that they would be able to go up and down a ramp, even if it's with support, because you still can support, but you want them to feel that they're actually, which they should be helping you go down the ramp and coming up the ramp, right? I used to put um, a little, um, I bought this little bucket in the 99 cent store, right? Cute little bucket, it was red. And I bought a bin. In the bin, I had snacks, right? In the little bucket or basket, right? It was a bucket, it was a plastic, little red plastic bucket, right? I used to put juice, right? What I wanted my son to do, I wanted him not to Ask me to keep getting stuff for him. So I might put two juice in there, three juice, and two snacks in the bucket. 
he now understands that if he wants a snack, he can get it himself. And he had two or three things in each to choose from, okay? Might have been crackers in one, the animal crackers. It might have been cheese doodles in one. It might have been, you know, the puff cheese, whatever. But it was three small little mini bags, right, in that basket. And in the pail, there was three juice, now, instead of coming to me for snack, he now knew that he can go to the little buckets in the little basket and he could pick one of each. Then I taught him how to stick the straw in and keep poking and poking and poking until the straw went in. What I'm saying is now he's independent. When he, go, when he went back to school in September when he was younger... The teachers didn't. The teachers or the parent did not have to help him anymore because he knew how to do his straw. It does not matter what you're working on, as long as you're working on something to get the independence onto that child and giving you a break to enjoy watching them try or watching them actually do. For some of our teenagers, it's a possibility that they might be able to drive, especially some of our teenagers that live in very small towns or very small cities or cities where it's, you know, it's not that crowded. They might be able to drive safely around the city, right? So it might be a good idea if you have a child that is capable of learning how to drive, right? Maybe you can have that child along with yourself or an older sibling. Maybe you can help that child practice to take the, you know, the driver's, the driver's permit. You know what I mean? And if they do pass, then maybe they can take lessons. It could be one lesson a month, two lessons a month. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is let's take advantage of the break away from school and yes, school teach them all the educational stuff that they need to learn. But as parents and caregivers, we need to teach them all the things that also they need to learn as part of life. Right? We might want to teach the kids that are able to understand that, you know, when the garbage is all the way up to the top, it's not a great idea for you to keep putting more in there. Right? If you have an older son and he's capable or an older daughter and they're capable, maybe you might want to teach them how to take the garbage out of the garbage bin and how to tie it and how to take it to the garbage, right? Maybe you might want to teach them how to recycle, you know? Just think about whatever it is that you know that it's a possibility that your child or the child that you're taking care of would be capable of doing. This is a perfect time like I said, a perfect time to teach a child how to project their voice. Some of the children, they speak very loud, and it goes, the voice goes up and it goes down. It goes up, it goes to a high pitch. Now it's the perfect, it's the perfect time to teach children how to project their voice, right? 
I had to do that. So this is why I'm telling you, because my son had, he used to read and his voice would start out up there where you can hear and then for some reason it would drop low and you couldn't hear it, then it would go back up again and down. But then what I did in the summer was, which we had a great time doing, um, I would read to him, right? But what I did was I used my phone and I would, I would tape us, right? I would tape us each taking turns reading. And we would lay down and we would listen and we would critique each other, right? And I would say, see how wonderful your voice sounds? I could hear you, but listen how hard I have to try to listen to you now because your voice went down. And we practiced that. You know, out of the and what I and for me, I, I I kind of thought I kind of like in my mind, as we kept doing it, I came to the realization that it was like he was anxious reading out loud, right? So that was when the voice dropped, especially when he got to a word that he was unsure of how to pronounce it and all of that. So. We worked on that, right? We worked on that. I did little projects with them while we worked. We, if we were, let's say, baking a cookie or in the laundromat, we would do a lot of talking, you know, asking them a question. Do you know how to put the quarter in? You know, yes, mommy, I know how to put the quarter in. But just always making sure that his voice stayed on an even tone. Like I said, you know, it doesn't matter. This might be the perfect time that you start laying stuff out, right? You start laying things out before your son or your daughter take a shower. You ask them, what do you need to take to the bathroom? What do you need? Because at a certain point, we need to not have our children coming out stock naked, right? We need to teach them. That at a certain age, you need to put your robe on or your towel on, go in your room, close your door, and do your business, get dressed. So maybe it might be a good time now to lay out the underwear, lay out the lotion, lay out the deodorant, lay out the, you know, the T-shirt, whatever it is. So now they'll get an idea that it's not only just running and taking a shower. It's also knowing that the dirty clothes go in the hamper and now you have to put on clean clothes. It's easier if you lay your stuff out, what you're going to put on to go to bed or what you're going to put on to wear outside, than to actually take a shower and now you got to dig and get sweaty and frustrated trying to find something to wear. Okay? It might be a great time now to teach your kids that they are responsible And part of being responsible is eating, wiping your hands, wiping your mouth, getting up. Do not put your plate in the sink if there's food on it. Now you got to go to the garbage bin, put your foot on the little bottom that allows the bin, the top of the bin to open. And I would like for you to use the napkin that you use to wipe your mouth. And I would like for you to clean the plate off in the garbage, and now you can put it in the sink, right? Now, for some children, it might be a great time to tell them that you don't drop the plate in the sink. You don't drop the glass or the cup in the sink because you might break something in the sink. You got to gently put it in there. If they're not tall enough, then you tell them when you finish using something and you finish cleaning your plate off, 
in the garbage, right? You can rest your plate on the table. Mommy or daddy or whoever it is that is at home will put it in the sink for you. But it's a wonderful time in the summer to really get with it and get out of the comfort zone as you, the parent, or you, the caregiver, doing everything. Start teaching your children or the child that you have in your care how to come out of their own comfort zone. For some of us, our comfort zone, for me, um, I have a hard time... um, I have a hard time letting go. I'm like one of those moms, they call the helicopter moms, that's always lurking over, want to know what everything is going on. You know, I want to go in front and start moving all the pebbles before my son get there, you know. And um, I've learned to let, I'm learning, and I, I'm, I've, I've improved. <laughs> I really have improved a lot. Because now I am, because of the little coming out of, you know, my box, my comfort zone, and allowing him to be free in learning and learning to trust himself that he's able to do things. And we've been doing this for a long time that now I am okay. He ta- you know, he's been taking transportation by himself, right? And now I'm okay, and so is his siblings, to actually tell him, you know what? Meet me here or meet me there. And it's not anywhere close to home. It's not, I'm, I mean, I'm at the place now with him. He's 16. We're at the place now where I can literally be six, eight stops on the train and maybe 14 stop on the bus. And I can literally say to him, take the bus and meet me at this particular store. Take the train and meet me here or there. But it took me a long time to get to that place because I was always, you know, in my zone. You know, oh, my God, what if something happened? You know, what if, what if? But the thing is, something can happen whether he's with me or not, as well as something can happen to me and I'm no longer here. So I would rather know how to correct things that need to be corrected in order for him to live as independent as he possibly can, even if he's going to be living with me independently, I would like to see those things that I can correct them, that I can encourage them. So for me, it's a big deal to come out of, you know, come out of that zone. Every year we have to brush ourselves off and somehow not be so afraid and you know, even if it's going to be messy, even if feeding the child might be messy, and yes, you're going to have to clean the high chair, and yes, you're going to have to clean the floor, and yes, all of us are tired to the bones. All of us are tired. But the whole point is how beautiful is it to have a child that can literally feed themselves? Even if, it's, even if half of the food is on them, half of the food is on the floor. The whole idea is do not shower this child before they eat. And then after they finish eating and making a mess, then you shower them. But the whole point is, at some point, this child will not eat and be so messy. And guess what? Then now, instead of you sitting down and feeding this child and waiting to eat, now this child can join you with their with their with their chair and literally sit with the family and eat while you and the rest of the family enjoy each other. 
you know, while everyone sit at the table, a baby, the child can sit there and literally eat alone, maybe with reminders and cues and ray directions and all of that stuff. But the whole point is this child can now feed themselves. You know, even if you have to feed them with something else, but if you do finger food, this child literally, if you cut things up, bite size, this child literally can feed themselves. Even if stuff getting the hair, let it go. You know, sometimes when we're getting out of our comfort zone, it's messy. But let it go. Let the process continue. Let the process go. Let it go. If the floor is a little dirty, then you know what? Then put papers on the floor, put towel, put whatever. But let it go. It's okay that you want all the food to get into your little one's belly and in their mouth. But at some point, we need to let them hold that spoon for themselves. Right? So many things we can do. Many things we can do because school is not going to teach everything. Maybe we need to now teach our children how, how to brush their teeth. Let them brush it, and then after they're finished, then, we've, then we get the corners or get the real, you know, we get the corners and the areas that we know that they didn't brush or we know they couldn't reach or whatever the case might be. But the whole point is every time you don't have to put a lot of toothpaste, but put enough and let them brush their own teeth. Let them brush their own teeth, you know. Let them brush their own tongue. Sometimes, you know, even when we brush our own tongue, when we're brushing, um, you know, our teeth, you gag. So maybe if you teach them how to do these little things for them, they might gag, but it might not. It's not as bad. It, I, I feel that it's not as bad as, like, for example, when I'm brushing my tongue, it's not as bad that I, that come, I know if someone else was doing it for me, it might even be worse. You know, my gag reflex might might even make me, you know, throw up. But, I mean, I'm doing it for myself, even when I gag, even though it might feel horrible, but it, it's not half as horrible as it would be if someone else is doing it. So let it go. You know, it's summertime. Let your children pick their clothes. If they want to pick polka dot and stripe, it's fine. No one have ever died from mismatching their clothes. I promise you, no one have ever died. But the whole idea is you're teaching them that it's okay to have opinion, okay? It's not like if you're going somewhere that they need to be dressed, you know, differently that you may say, well, no, you can't wear this. But so what if they want to wear purple and green? Big deal. The whole idea was this is, you know, they're having a, they can now make a decision. Mentally, now they are capable and able to say, this is what I would like to wear, regardless of whether it matches or not, regardless if anyone else like it. I want to wear purple and green. Sometimes we have to choose our battles and just be happy that our children are capable of displaying their likes and dislikes. That might be a comfort zone as parents that we need to back up. Right? We need to back up. Over the summer, maybe you might even want to try different foods. Don't have to be a lot of every and anything. Just play a game. Maybe you might want to try making smoothie for that child that appetite is not the greatest. 
Maybe you might want to add a fruit to their, you know, to their inshore or to their pita shore. You know what I mean? Maybe you might want to, you are someone that make your smoothie and maybe that child might be a little curious. If the child likes bananas, right, why not kind of, you don't have to use the whole entire bottle of you know, Peter Shore, but why not just use a little bit and just use a little piece of ripe banana and blend it up and, you know, and have fun with it. Let the child, you know, make a little smoothie and you both sit there and drink your smoothie. What is the possibility that this child might just not like having smoothie? Now you're having smoothie and a fruit, Do you see where I'm going with this? So for some of us, we can just come out of our comfort zone as, you know, eat a banana, drink your pedicure. Why not see if the child might be capable of tolerating a smoothie, a banana smoothie with their pedicure? What the heck? You know, the vanilla pedicure, there might be blueberries, strawberries, whatever your child can tolerate. But now in the morning, instead of them just having Petersure, they're now having a fruit along with that. It's a smoothie. Now you're having banana inside of the smoothie. So now you're having a smoothie instead of just banana, and then you have some insurance. Now you're teaching your child a different way of eating and drinking. And it's very healthy because maybe, right, just maybe if you give the Petersure, they might not want the banana. If you gave the banana, they might not want the pedicure. But how nice would it be if you both got out of your comfort zone? If the child saw you doing it and they might want to try it a little bit, what's the chance of them liking it? If they don't, they just don't. But if they do like it, do you know how wonderful that would be for both of you or for everyone in the household? When that child don't want to try anything else, you could say, okay, you know what it is? Let's get a vanilla Peter Shore, and let's have some strawberry shake. Come on. Come come help me make your strawberry shake. Now, the child is having strawberry and a whole bottle of Peter Shore sitting back with a glass with a straw having their smoothie. Maybe a little bit of ice having their smoothie. Now your child has, let's say, for example, you put, let's say, seven, eight strawberries and you blend it out blend it out, blend it out, you know, with the smoothie or whatever. It is as smooth as it gets. You get some cheesecloth. You can get some cheesecloth, right? You can. It's very thin. It's a very thin that you can also, or you can get a strainer. And you can strain and strain and strain. That way the child won't feel if it's a child that's with issues with the texture like my son is. He doesn't like anything lumpy in his mouth or anything like that. So just maybe... You can play around with, for those of you that have children that they drink all day, you know, they prefer drinking in comparison to eating and drinking. Maybe you might see if the child want to add a little, little, you know, four strawberries in there and you go on from there. You know, maybe you might try if you make some soup and you add some potatoes and some beans and whatever and, you know, Maybe now you can start eating table food and it's now puree instead of food from the bottle or food from here or food from there. So 
for, you know, that's what I'm saying. All of us have something that we can do. And if you get to the point where your child is capable or is at the age that they would be able to have table food and for whatever reason they don't like it or can't have it or maybe you should try that now you should try see if you can blend food together from the table maybe you want to do a little pumpkin you know a little pumpkin with in, instead of butter a little pumpkin maybe with a little bit of the beta sure a little bit just enough to make sure that it gets smooth because we don't want to start adding butter and all these other things that we know is not good for them and then when they get older and they start getting, you know, weight or whatever, then we want to take it away. And that was the taste that we introduced them to. So this is why when you're introducing new stuff, you have to make sure you introduce it at the healthiest level that you can possibly do. So I would tip a little bit of Peter Shore in there. Just enough to make sure that it can be puree. And you warm it up. So imagine now, instead of you spending money on buying jars and jars of food out there if you now can actually do pumpkin and squash and sweet potato and all these different things but just put a little bit of ensure and just puree it boil it boil it boil it and then puree you know puree it imagine now what fun and how nice it would be that maybe you can actually make dinner one or two nights and everyone can enjoy dinner at their own level but still enjoy dinner so um that's my little chat with you tonight and that little chat is you know let's come out of our comfort zone as we are enjoying the summer for a lot of us that comfort zone will reduce the money the finance that we have to you know, the money that we have to be spending in our household because for a lot of us, our children don't eat this and they don't eat that. And, you know, it's very, it, it can become expensive and not everywhere or every state or every country, you know, have different support system in place for, you know, our children. So it becomes very pricey. And even sometimes when they do have things in place for our children, it start going, you know, not everyone is qualified, right? So the comfort zone, all right? I'm going to give you a little definition. It's a, a comfort zone is a psychological state in which things feel familiar to the person and they are the least bit out of control. So see, we want to be in control all the time of everything and anything that's going to happen. And... Sometimes we have to let our kids process some of the realness of outside. Because if not, it's not going to become enjoyable as they get older. Because like I just said with the potatoes and the parade potatoes, right? I mean, for most of us, if we're going to go to a restaurant, it's going to be so far-fetched to actually go inside of a restaurant and find certain things. But if we are going out to an adult, you know, a really nice place, I guarantee you that in the back, someone can make some sweet potato, puree some sweet potato. I've had broccoli soup puree, and it is so good. I've had tomato soup. So what I'm saying is try to introduce your children to some of these things. You make the tomato soup, you, you, you smoothie it out to death, 
but at the same time, you can reheat it and your child can have something nice and warm. Right? So choose the summertime or any time that your children are out of school. Choose to do something. For some of the children, maybe money might be a factor. Maybe you might want to teach them money. This is $5, and it has five $1 within it, even though you can't see it. You might want to show them the $5. You might want to show them the five single dollars. You might now want to let them feel how it feels to go shopping because we're always taking them shopping. So now you might want to go McDonald's. That's, that's, that was my spot with my son, McDonald's. And Dunkin' Donuts. Those are the two places that he was in love with and still is to a certain extent. And McDonald's was always a place that I that helped my child to speak up because I would let him know. That lady or that man at the cash register is not going to hear what you want and, you're, and they're not going to be able to serve you. I would give him the money. I no longer go next to him now. He knows an expert. He can go to the store and get stuff and bring home for both of us. You know, God bless him. But what I'm saying is, I used to stand there and I used to tell him in Dunkin' Donuts, you tell the lady what you want. And he would, you know, point. And I said, well, she can't listen to your finger. Open your mouth or I'm going to take the money away from you and I'm going to buy what I want to buy and you're going to have it. And he'd say, no, 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 I can do it. And he used to say, the powdered donut, the, the small one, the little tiny ones, the powdered donut and the, and the glazed little donuts, you know. And this is what he did. So he learned how to project his voice that other people can hear him and not always want him to repeat. So I'm saying, you don't like to talk, then do it well the first time you do it. Does it in McDonald's. Now he's getting to the point that in McDonald's he's looking up the coupons, <laughs> you know. And when, we get, when he gets to the cash register, he's showing her the coupons that she can take money off and he can get what he wants. So let's, as parents, let's come out of our comfort zone by allowing our little ones to just do little things for themselves, right? And let's help our little ones or our big ones, whichever you, whichever you have in your home. If you have older, young adults, teenagers, babies, toddlers, children, doesn't matter. Let's allow them to learn to process you or I not helping them as much as we usually do. So let's find one or two things and let's help them become expert in these two things. I am going to say good night. I'm sending loads and loads of hugs and love and I just want you to have a fantastic rest of the week, okay? Be safe, take care of yourself, and take care of your household. Good night.